Section thirty of a fair mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A fair mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Section thirty. I could sooner plunge a dagger in his heart. Such a beautiful morning, the golden sunbeams falling like blessings on the earth, the birds singing in a delirium of happiness, the sweet, warm air brooding over the fragrant flowers. All nature seemed awake, happy and smiling. The sky gave its fairest colours, earth yielded its richest fragrance. Earl woke with the earliest singing of the birds. He smiled at his own impatience. He had not seen Doris since yesterday morning, and it seemed to him a whole week. She had asked him to go to Quainton under the pretext of fulfilling some little commission, and he had not caught one glimpse of her afterwards. He was impatient to behold her. The glory of the morning sun, the rapturous music of the birds, was nothing to him, who longed for one look at her face, for one sound of her voice. It was so early he hardly dared venture going on to Brackenside yet. He could not rest away. He walked across the fields, little dreaming whose light footsteps had passed over their last. He lingered by the stiles and in the lanes until it struck eight, then he felt sure that Doris would be downstairs. At the farm was all activity, the men were at work, the rosy-faced dairymaid was tripping along with her well-filled cans. He saw Mark Brace in the distance, deeply intent on driving a very comfortable pig where it sternly refused to go. The air was filled with pleasant sounds, the busy hum of work, the song of birds, the ripple of the stream, the murmur of the wind. Earl, the poet, heard it all. He laughed aloud when he saw Mark wiping his brow and nodding at him as though he would fain say that all conversation would be useless until the struggle was ended. Comedy and tragedy always go hand in hand. Earl's hearty, genial laughter ran out clear in the morning air, and while he lived so never laughed again. "'Thank heaven,' he said to himself, "'that I am not to be a farmer.' When he came through the garden, one of the prettiest scenes in the world met his eye there was a large porch before the house cool roomy and shady overhung with jasmine and roses the morning was very warm and the day gave promise of being intensely hot a white table had been placed in the porch and on it stood a quantity of ripe delicious fruit mrs brace and mattie were busily engaged in preparing it for preserving their fingers were stained crimson with the juice both faces looked up as earl entered and smiled while Earl thought he had never seen a prettier picture than the sunlit garden with its gay flowers. The shady porch, the luxurious fruit, the kindly faces, yet he looked anxiously around. Without Doris it was like the world without the sun. The bright beautiful face was sure to be smiling at him from the flower-wreathed windows or from beneath the trees. "'You are looking for your love, Earl,' said Mrs. Brace, in her kindly way. "'She is a lazy love this morning. She is not down yet.' i am glad she is resting said earl too loyal to allow even the faintest suspicion of idleness mrs brace laughed doris leads her life very much like the lilies in the field she said she neither tolls or spins mattie shall call her if you like no said earl i will wait until she comes then mattie joined in the conversation doris is tired this morning earl she said quietly she sat up quite late last night writing letters letters repeated earl with a touch of pardonable jealousy to whom was she writing mattie and the girl who loved him so deeply and so silently detected the pain in his voice she looked up at him with a smile to some schoolmates she liked some of the girls very much then earl was quite at ease he sat for some time watching the sunlit scene and the busy fingers among the scarlet fruit 
at last while the bees hummed drowsily they heard the clock strike nine and the sound seemed to die away over the flowers nine said mrs brace laughingly mattie you may be sure that doris does not want to stain her fingers with the fruit go and tell her she need not touch it earl felt deeply grateful towards the woman it was all very well but even he did not like the idea of those sweet white hands all crimsoned with ripe fruit tell her from me mattie he added that the whole world will be dark and cold until i see her mattie hastened away with a low laugh on her lips at the extravagant words she was absent some little time and kindly mrs brace seeing that earl looked anxious entertained him in her simple fashion with many little anecdotes about doris her beauty and wit as a child her pretty imperious fashion of managing mark when mattie returned she did not look anxious but surprised see how we have all misjudged doris she said she must have been up and out for some time out repeated earl yes she is not in her room nor in the house the morning is so fine and so sweet it has probably tempted her but where can she have gone asked earl i did not see her no you came from lindenholm while she is most probably gone to post the letters she wrote last night gone to quainton then i will go and meet her said earl but what a strange idea for her to go to quainton alone why did she not wait for me he looked at mattie as he spoke she answered him with a smile when i can tell you what the birds are singing about she said i shall be able to explain the caprices of doris go and meet her then you will understand once more earl hurried off in the sunshine leaving mother and daughter busy with the fruit mrs brace looked after him with a sigh poor earl she said doris might be a little more civil to him although they are going to be married mattie i do not think she cares for him a bit mattie made no answer she had long since arrived at the same conclusion whatever doris might be going to marry earl for certainly it was not for love an hour passed the sunshine grew warmer the bees hummed the butterflies with bright wings hovered around the roses but neither earl nor doris returned earl hurried on the road to quainton as he crossed the high road he saw a man breaking stones he went up to him and asked him if he had seen a young lady pass by no he had been to work there since five this morning but no one had passed by strange thought earl but he is old and half blind most probably he did not see her yet with her bright lovely face and hair like threads of gold how could he miss her he walked on until he came to the toll-bar outside the pretty white gabled cottage a woman sat knitting in the sunshine to her earl went with the same question had she seen a young lady pass by no she had been there since seven knitting and keeping the gate there had been gentlemen on horseback farmers wagons but no lady had passed by that gate since seven he did not understand it and a vague uneasiness came over him still he walked on to quainton the post-office was in the principal street and if she were there at all he should be sure to see her but at the post-office he found men busily repairing the outer wall they had been at work some hours from them he asked the same question had they seen a young lady who had come to post letters no they had been to work since six but they had not seen any young lady then mattie must have been mistaken thought earl my darling has not been near quainton at all perhaps she is waiting for me now at home he returned by the woods and when he came to any favourite nook of hers he stopped and cried aloud doris the only answer that came to him was the rustling of the sweet western wind in the leaves and the song of the birds the church clock struck eleven as he came in sight of brackenside he raised his eager eyes heaven help him expecting to see doris in the garden or on the porch but she was not there the sun was slanting over the flowers the busy murmur of the farm grew louder mattie and mrs brace still sat at their work but of doris there was no sign my darling he said to himself where is she you have not met her earl said the cheery voice of mark brace 
no she has not been to quainton he replied and i do not know where to look for her do not look anywhere said mark the longer you look for her the less likely you are to find her girls are so uncertain in their ways sit down and drink a glass of cider she will come soon enough then it seemed to me continued the honest farmer that she is having a game of hide-and-seek with you earl thought that very probably he drank the foaming cider but he would not sit down i must find her he said if it be her sweet will and pleasure that i should look for her i will do so the farmer laughed mrs brace felt sorry for him mattie was indignant and earl went through the pretty garden and all the little nooks she loved best he never glanced under the shade of a spreading tree or turned aside the dense green foliage without expecting that bright face would turn to him with a smile he never looked where the ferns grew most thickly and the tall grass waved in the wind without expecting the laughing eyes to meet him and the gay clear voice to ring out in sunshiny laughter no fear no doubt no suspicion came to him it was a bright morning fair and sweet enough in itself to inspire any desire of frolic and she liked to tease him she had hidden away hidden among the flowers but he would find her and when he did find her he would imprison the sweet white hands in his he would kiss the laughing lips and beautiful face he would take a lover's revenge for the jest she played him he looked until he was tired he called aloud over and over again doris until it seemed to him that the birds took up the refrain and chanted doris he gave up he could not find her he must own himself conquered and tired with the sultry heat of his hard morning's work he walked back to the farm it seemed to him as he drew near that there was a strange stillness over the place he looked in vain for mark's honest face the porch too was empty although the fruit still stood on the table where are they all thought earl what a strange morning this has been he looked through the rose-wreathed window of the little sitting-room and there he saw a group that filled his very heart with dismay mark mrs brace and mattie all standing close together and bending over an open letter he watched them in silence fighting with a terrible courage with his first foreboding a chill stern presentiment of coming evil that man as he was robbed him of his strength and clutched at his heart with an iron hand then he heard a sob from mrs brace he saw the farmer clinch his strong hand while he cried out in heaven's name who is to tell earl i cannot you must said mrs brace but mark drew back pale and trembling i tell you wife he said i love the boy so well that i could sooner take him out in the sunshine and plunge a dagger in his heart than tell him this a great calm seemed to come over earl as he heard my darling is dead he said to himself she is dead and they are afraid to tell me i can die too and opening the door he went in at the sight of him mark turned away but mattie went up to him with outstretched hands End of section thirty.